This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dylan seemed like a very low chance game for both teams. Uh, there wasn't a lot of room out there, was there? No, I think, um, you know, usually when we play these guys, it's pretty wide open for both of us. Um, but, you know, uh, so both of us are pretty tight defensively, and, you know, there wasn't many opportunities. And the opportunities they did get, they, they capitalized on, and, and we didn't. So uh, that's a tough one. You guys did got a good four check going in your goal. Maybe go through that goal for me, if you would. Yeah, I'm just... 3-1 the final, Tampa defeating Buffalo. Thank you for your patience through the extra commercial break. We have live locker room reaction right away here. Dylan Cousins speaking with Paul Hamilton. You guys started generating. Um, what did you guys do to figure out uh, what they were trying to sort of slow you down defensively? Yeah, um, we we knew we just had to get it behind them and work. Uh, you know, make them turn it over and you know spread the zone and, and just get pucks to the net and, and try and have guys around the net. Um, you know, we didn't do do a good enough job at that, though. How did you feel today? Uh, you weren't able to practice yesterday. How did you feel out there today? Yeah, I felt uh, pretty good. Good enough to play. Thanks, Dylan. Dylan Cousins on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, there's Dylan Cousins there. He gets the lone Sabre goal as we welcome you in here to the Upstate Honda Dealers post game show as uh, Cousins scores his eighth, 13.52 into the second period. That was the lone Buffalo tally. And uh, the storyline of this game is going to be the fact that Buffalo's offense could not come through in this game. Back to the room. Here's Tage Thompson now live. Tage, it seemed like a very tight game for both teams out there. Was it? Was there not a lot of room? Um, I mean, I thought we were just sloppy with the puck. Um, I think we forced a lot of things through the through the neutral zone and kind of into their pressure, um, kind of making the game a little more difficult on ourselves. And obviously, uh, that's kind of how they they got their first two goals. Is um, kind of you know, freebies for them, and um, you know the game plan going in there was just to make them work and make them defend. And um, I think we let them let them off a little easy tonight. Uh, gave them kind of an easy game, and obviously they get a two goal lead. And now we're now we're chasing a little bit. So um, yeah, not much. I mean, they're a good team. They're going to make you you earn everything you get offensively. And um, I think we we just made the game a little bit too easy for them tonight. They did capitalize on a couple of turnovers, but overall, I thought you guys defensively. Other than that. There wasn't a lot of chances for them, was there? Yeah, I don't think so. I thought we were, I think we were pretty good in our D zone. Um, I thought we exited our zone pretty good. I think gave us trouble tonight was our neutral zone, uh, just kind of on the regroups and quick counters. Um, like I said, just kind of forcing stuff that maybe wasn't there and just maybe being a little too stubborn um, in terms of getting it behind their D, um, trying to make plays coming over the blue line. Um, I thought Oopy played a great game, keeps it you know, pretty tight for us and gives us a chance to, to get back into it. Cuzzy with a big goal there. And, um, you know, in the third period, I thought we had some, some good looks. But, um, you know, it's it's tough when you're playing a good team like that to chase from behind. Did frustration maybe set in a little bit when when that was happening to you guys? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think whenever you're you're generating and you're not getting chant or you're not getting you know rewarded for it, it, it can be frustrating. I think at the same time we got to do a better job. I think we were a little too perimeter in the ozone. I think when we did get it, um, you know, and got it low to high or or whatever, um, I think we need to get more guys to the inside and guys to the net. Um, we could have done a better job of that. Obviously, not the homestand you were looking for at three and three. Yeah, I mean, obviously we want to be better. Um, three and three is not good enough, but. Um, you know, at the same time, we got a, a road trip coming up here, and um, you know, we can make a big statement. We just got to focus one game at a time here and uh, go from there. Thank you, Teach. Teach Thompson in the post game, and Alex Tuck is talking behind me here, so I'll stick a microphone in that. Okay, he's just finishing up now, so that'll do it here from Brian. Back to you. All right, thank you, Paul. It's our we hear from Tage Thompson. He and the Sabers struggling to get offense going today. A three to one loss to Tampa. As uh, Buffalo goes three and three on this trip, today's game, uh, Pat, quickly here as we just get a final thought here before we uh, get ready for Don Granado. Out of the six, if there was one head-to-head one that mattered the most, it was this one today. Yeah, and even you know, you and Paul talked about it when it was two-one or even two-nothing. At least just get the game to overtime to try and get two points. Going into it, you we were sitting here saying you need to win the game in regulation because you're chasing Tampa in the standings, but. By the time it got to the third period, when you're down by just one, just get that next goal. Give yourself a chance to get two and almost not care about what, what Tampa Bay, if, if they get a point in this game. Uh, so this is a frustrating loss for the Sabres team that have been playing so well. Let's not forget the three previous games going into this uh, from, from last Saturday a week ago to today. They played some of the best hockey of the season, had some of the best goaltending. And again, Ugo Pekalukinen was good today, uh, only facing 16 shots, but where were the chances? That's right. And you're facing a goaltender that, on paper, says you should be able to handle uh, in the fact. Uh, Johansson, uh, his numbers coming in here this season, um, an 891 save percentage, a 3-4-5 goals against. He's played one game since December 8th. So a month plus he's played one game. So a rusty goaltender, that be it as well. All right, at this time, we're going to say goodbye to all of our local affiliate stations. If you want to keep listening to the post game, go to WGR550.com or in on the Odyssey app. When we come back, Don Granado's live post game comments will also get Paul Hamilton's take. Highlights and stats and scores and standings updates all coming your way as well. If you want to get in on the show, 803-0550, or you can send me a tweet at BrianWGR. The Upstate Honda Dealers postgame rolling on. Tampa wins it 3-1 over Buffalo. I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Sabres need a goal to tie it, not give it away. And here's a chance coming back for Tyler Mott. Shorthanded. Scores 2-0. Lightning with a shorthanded goal. Dan Dunleavy there on the call with what was the eventual game winner. Just 7.06 into the game today. Tyler Mott's fourth of the year. Shorthanded. Alex Tuck unable to keep the puck in. He kind of going back and forth with Darlene, dangerously back and forth. He, they do keep it in, and then Tuck 
tries to do a couple of dekes and loses the puck, and there goes Tyler Mott in for his fourth of the year, shorthanded. That made it 2 to nothing. That's our NOCO play of the game, brought to you by NOCO, the official natural gas and electric supplier to the Buffalo Sabres as we welcome you back here to KeyBank Center on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. So, yeah, the Sabres offense coming up short today. Uh, the power play, that was, by the way, on the power play that Tampa scores shorthanded. Another disappointing night. It has been a brutal year for the Sabres on the power play. Uh, they are very they're pretty close to the same amount of goals that they've had uh, five on five last year. Um, I know Lance Likowski from the Buffalo News had a good stat last game. He said they were, you know, they had 99 goals at this point last year, five on five. This year they had 96 coming in. So, you know, one more of 97. You know, it's, it's fairly close essentially within a handful of goals. Um, but the power play obviously has been, it's been terrible. And it's the same group of, it's the same group of players here. I know there's been injuries in and out with Thompson and with Skinner, but, I mean, it's the same group of players. It's not like you're going to all of a sudden, th- you know, throw Eric Robinson on the power play or, you know, throw, you know, some of these other, you know, fourth liners on the power play. Victor Olofsson is shown to be a waste. I mean, he, you know, he's only supposed to be on this team because he gives you a little power play scoring production. Well, that doesn't happen at all. I don't even know why he's playing, but uh, he is at this point. The Sabres just continue to think that maybe he's going to bust out of it. He's not. He's got four goals right now in 33 games and not helping the power play, which is the one thing that you thought maybe he could help you with this year. Um, th- their power play is killing them, and a drastic change has to happen there for something. Um, I, you can't just all of a sudden put fourth liners out there, but you've got to figure out a different style, a different strategy, a different attack, something. Um, teams obviously uh, have decided to take away the one-timer from Tage Thompson, and the Sabres have no answer for it at all. It has killed them in games this year. It is another one here today. Uh, the power play not only doesn't score, but you give one up. And if the Sabres were just just a little more careful with the puck today, they didn't play terrible on the defensive side of things. I mean, you only let up 16 shots to Tampa. One of those is an empty net goal. So 15 shots on Lukanen. But, you know, one is a, a middle stat turnover, a couple of quick passes. There's nothing Lukanen could have done there. Obviously, the breakaway from Mott, like, would you like him to score on it? Sure. Or save it? Sure. Um, but ultimately, it's two turnovers. A middle stat turnover, a tuck sloppy with the puck. And, you know, that power play uh, turnover to me is what's really frustrating. Darlene and Tuck were both being cute with it on the blue line. Both of them, at both opportunities back and forth when they were exchanging the puck, it literally went along the blue line. I thought, wow, they're you know they're going to be sloppy here. It's going to get out. They got away with it. It stayed in the zone, and they were able to stay on side. And then Tuck tried a couple of dekes, and Mott just poked it at it, and you know off to the races he went. And that ends up being costly. But in this game, they had opportunities to score. 28 shots. There were definitely opportunities. J.J. Paterka hits the post. This team hits the post more than anybody. But it's Jonas Johansson. That's, to me... The, you know, the, the really, really frustrating part here. This is not Andre Vasilevsky who just stole the game from him. No. All right, Jonas Johansson played pretty good. Good, You know, good for him because he hasn't been a good goalie in this NH, in this league. We know even for the time he was with the Sabres, he wasn't good. He's played one game since December 8th. The last 18 games for the Lightning, he's played in one. 17 of the 18 games, he didn't even get on the ice. And he comes in here and just, yep, no problem. I'll just fill the role of Vasilevsky. And, uh, you know, it's the Sabres. I'll handle this. You know, John Cooper, the Lightning coach, has back-to-back games. He's played Veseleski almost every game. And he figures, well, we got Detroit tomorrow. 
in a game that's big because the two of them were tied in the standings coming into today. They were both the wild card teams, one, one and two. And figures, you know what? It's Buffalo. Let's throw in Johansson. They've had trouble scoring. And, well, lo and behold, here we are with the Sabres with one goal. And to me, again, the moment, seizing the moment, this team all year has fallen short. Here's today. You've got a home stand. It's gone fairly well with a monster game head-to-head, and they come up with one goal. All right, here's Don Granato now live. Okay, not yet. We're going to get to Don Granato in just one moment. We will uh, take you down there as soon as he meets with the media. But just back on my points there, like, you've got a Saturday game. It's sold out. It's jamming in here. It's kids' day. They're ready to erupt. You've got a monster game, these six home games. If you would have said what's the most important game on the schedule, definitely the one with Tampa. That's a team you have to run down. They're in the wild card spot at the moment. You know, these other games, three against the West and two teams – a four against the West, three against the West, I'm sorry. And then the Ottawa game, Ottawa's below you. The Sabres took care of business there. But you could have won four of six on this road trip, and or on this homestand, and six of eight to start off January. And a favorable West Coast swing coming up with Anaheim, Los Angeles, and San Jose. So that could have been a spot maybe uh, where the Sabres could have, you know, really made a good January. Now, they still can. It's still one game. But, man, what an opportunity for them today to really kind of get the belief back, yes, we are legitimately in this race. We just beat a team that's been playing good hockey, but their backup goalie who is in, who has essentially got AHL numbers and AHL ability, in my opinion, and you score one. And they did a good job on the other end. But the power play again fails them. They give up a shorthanded goal there. And if they were just a little bit more careful with the puck, maybe we're talking about a one nothing Buffalo win here today. Because Lukanen has been playing great. Those two goals against him, you know, one is a bing, 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 in, and the other one is a breakaway. Um, the breakaway goal, yeah, I would have, you know, would, would have been great for him to come up with a big save. But he's been playing great. It's really tough to, to kind of get on him at this point. Guess what happens? The third period starts. The Sabres figured out a way to win the second period, getting the goal, cut the lead in half. And guess what? You've got Alex Tuck, a guy that was money last year. He's walking in. He gets a breakaway to start the third period right away. And Johansson makes a save. And, it, you know, didn't seem like it was that difficult of one to start with there, too. All right, well, that's a golden opportunity with one of your better forwards wasted. Oh, then halfway mark, you get a power play opportunity. And it's not going well. And then before you really start to get into the heart of it, then there's a penalty called, which, by the way, I thought was garbage on Benson. Benson this year has really gotten the short end of the stick in terms of some of these penalties that were called against him. I'm trying to remember, what was it? Was it, was it against Tampa? There was a game, remember, behind the net where the Sabres were kind of, uh, he was getting triple teamed, <laughs> kind of behind the net, getting shoved, and he got a penalty for it. I mean, it's just, he has he's had a, a, a quest, questionable couple of calls against him this year. I thought that was another one there. But, uh, never, you know, nevertheless, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Sabres were going to score on the rest of the power play uh, if he's not called at that point. Uh, it's just, again, that time to live up to the moment here. They had it today. You had two teams... At 51 points, the Sabres at 44. If you win here, you get to 46. Now you're back within five, and you've got two teams now that you're within five of. You're within five of wildcard spot one, not just wildcard spot two. 
And, uh, you know, they come up short. The offense not being able to come through, the power play not being able to come through in big moments has cost them all season. And today's just a uh, another example, and it feels to me even worse because of the scenario of the standings, because of the opponent, and because of who is in net for Tampa. And, you know, Jonas Johansson played fine, but I didn't sit here and think tonight, like, wow. If it was one of these nights where the Sabres were just all over them and – you know, he made 50 saves or something along those lines. Like, all right, well, you got to credit him. I mean, Sabres put up 27 shots. So they didn't generate a ton. And the times that they did, well, they didn't come through. Tuck misses on the breakaway. Paterka hits a post uh, four minutes, five minutes into the game. So, you know, there were opportunities. They weren't a ton of them, but you've got to figure out a way to bury them. Tampa didn't have barely any opportunities at all. And I'm crediting the Sabres' defense for that. But when they had their chances, they scored. And uh, that's the difference right now. Tampa's figuring out a way to finish. They've now won five in a row. And they increased their lead on Buffalo from seven now to uh, to nine. And guess what? The Leafs have now fallen back into a wild card spot. Tampa has moved into third in the Atlantic. So they uh, continue to play well. Tampa's won five in a row, seven of their last ten, and did it today with Jonas Johansson in net. That's what's really disappointing to me. You look at you know the power play we mentioned. We look at Cousins, who ends up scoring here today, but you want an assignment at home. Take what Dylan Cousins and Tage Thompson had through 46 games last year, goals-wise. Right now they've got, what, 14 and 8? They've got 22. How much did Thompson and Cousins have at this point last year through 46 games? That's going to be a jaw-dropping number. Alex Tuck has 12. He's down. You know, The only guy that's really, I would say, up is Paterka with 14. Quinn, of course, down because he was hurt. Um, I think he's been fine in his return so far. Uh, Olafson's been a disaster. We know Skinner's been scoring, but unfortunately injured. Who knows if Skinner's playing today? Maybe he fi- he's been one of the rare Sabers that's been able to finish this year. Uh, that could have been an opportunity, maybe for, you know, for him at some point. Um, but yeah, one goal. I mean, that's the story against Johansson to me. In a big moment against an opponent, you got to beat. And uh, the Sabers. At times this year, when you feel like maybe here's a spot where they can get back in this legitimately, they've come up short. Here's now Don Granato live. <clears throat> uh, talking to Tage after the game, he felt that your team was just too stubborn to get the puck in behind the Tampa D, which led to a low-chance game. Did you feel the same way? Well, we could have done it much more. We did a little better job in the third period. Um, but, yes, the first two periods, that was the message after the second. Um, it's a message start of the game. You know, we needed more pucks behind than we got, but that was uh, that was something that uh, you know you look at the deficit uh, and the mistakes early, and you have a deficit. But um, we needed we needed more of that. Make a few defensive effort. I mean, you shut them down much of the game, but they just they capitalized on a couple of turnovers and. Yeah, turnovers again. Uh, I mentioned even yesterday. This is a team. You know, this is a league. Um, it's it's puck management. I think. John Cooper had a press conference yesterday and said the same thing about his team, puck management. Um, when they don't manage the puck well, it's, it's, it's cost them, and it cost us tonight in that regard um, on the first two goals. So it's a big, big part of uh, the National Hockey League is managing the puck well. When you don't, they got guys that can convert, and that's usually when they do, when, before you can defend. Teams are pretty good when they, once they get in their defensive structure in this league. And, you know, we were when we got in our structure and, and uh, limited it, but uh, it's tough to get in your structure when you turn puck over. Uh, a couple times we did. How do you feel that, um, you 
Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka, once you put them back together, how that how that trio look the rest of the game for you? Uh, good, good energy. Um, you know, in the third, we didn't have we didn't have enough push, and we and we needed the push in the third. So so that familiarity helped. Um, but you know, when you finish a game like this, you want more out of everybody, and I think everybody wants more out of themselves. So, you know, disappointing that uh, position to be in. How tough was it to see that call on Benson, just given the timing? You know, 15 seconds into that power play, uh, Thompson got completely wrapped up and held in the corner. And I get it, no call. You don't put a team down five on three. I understand that. Uh, but they got a freebie right there. And then all of a sudden, I haven't seen that called all year long. So, um, you know, I'm not an official. I'm just telling you what I saw. It, it, you know, timer got wrapped up, tied up in the corner. It spends 20, 20 seconds in the corner. It wasn't called. And then, you know, the poke that uh, Benson made was toward the puck. I think it was called a slash. It was poking for the puck. And, again, I haven't seen that called all year. So, obviously, yeah, that's frustrating. Zach's head focused when his effort leads to these very questionable calls. This is the second or third time this has happened with him where he's just going hard and he's getting penalized. Yeah, I, I don't think um, that that's frustrating because you, you feel for Zach, he's got to play aggressive and tenacious. And, you know, the standard, you know, when we look at the standard, that that's not even that aggressive. <laughs> that particular play right there, um, which is, uh, again, Frustrating. That's a frustrating, frustrating one. But I, 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 you know, you feel for Zach. You certainly wonder, um, you know, as a younger guy in the league, and you know, um, I won't say anymore. But that's that's what you wonder. You've told us many times that you can never have too much traffic in front of the net. But when it comes to a team, especially you know the way the game was going, how do you instill that into a group that that just has to be part of the fabric of what you do? You know, no matter the situation. It, well, it's it's part of guys, certain guys' fiber, actually. Uh, you know, obviously there are guys, everybody knows and they watch, certain guys go to the net uh, with more consistency than others. It's part of their character, part of their their uh, their player bio. And and then on a nightly basis, it, there's, there's massive fluctuation throughout the league, but when teams are going, they're going to the net. And the timing, it's it's not, the perimeter's fine. The perimeter's good. And, 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 and you know, goals are scored coming from the perimeter. It's it's the timing of getting to the net, getting off of the perimeter at the right time. So it's it's not as easily as just going and standing in front of the net and never moving. You know, you, you, you've got to work. You know, the puck has to get to the net. It's never going to get to the net if you don't have support around the perimeter to get it in there and then and then, and then timing. And, you know, for us, for teams around the league, you watch it, it's it's – it's a it's an indicator whether they're on their game. You know, the more you do it, the more competitive you are, and and uh, and, and on your game and a rhythm. And um, tonight, uh, you know, we we did. I mean, let's face it, we, the chances were probably even, maybe favored us. We didn't score. We didn't score tonight, and it, and it becomes more disappointing because then you, you know, you not only can you look at what you didn't score on, you you look right back at okay, how'd you give up the goals? And and uh, you're frustrated either way you go about it. But um, you know, it's. Uh, you got to move on. You got to move on fast. What's the level of urgency? Three and three on the homestand, and now you hit the road for three. Like, how how urgent is it in that room? Every day is urgent. There's an urgency just elevates every day. Uh, so it's there. Okay, that is Savers head coach Don Granado, following the three to one loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, as uh, we bring it back up here to the press box, our blue and gold locker report brought to you by Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center, 
early detection of cancer is our goal. Get in the game at roswellpark.org slash WGR. All right, let's get into some final stats here. We'll hear from Paul Hamilton in a moment. They're brought to you by Level Financial Advisors, helping you retire better. Visit levelfa.com. Final shots end up 27 to 16 in favor of the Sabres. Pat, that's got to be super disappointing that defensively against this team, they surrender 16 shots, 15 of them on Lukanen. Yeah, and, and really from the first period on, it was just the two mistakes. The, the Sabres didn't make that many after giving up those two goals, but they're the difference in the game today. And, again, it's something you talk about with Paul all the time, whether it's a backup goaltender, young goaltender. We've seen, what, Columbus bring in a goaltender here that uh, had played just a handful of NHL games. The numbers weren't good, and the Blue Jackets scored nine goals in front of them that night, and the Sabres and the Blues in that game. So it's something that's continually happened to this team. Uh, many of the players have been here over the last couple of years while that's happened, but it's a, it's a trend that's gone on for, for quite a while for the Sabres team. Power plays again, a uh, thorn in the side of the Sabres here. They go 0 for the day, 0 for 2, but while you're on the power play, you gave up a shorthanded one, so it's a it's a double negative today. Yeah, and I'll agree with Don Granato. I mean, the penalty on Zach Benson, he gets called for slashing for yeah. trying to, to lose, uh, dislodge the puck from, from Jonas Johansson. So, um, you know, it's not an excuse. I mean, you had plenty of other time to, to get a, a goal. I'm not, I'm not excusing the Sabres for that. Their only other power play of the game was cut sh- short 43 seconds in on an absolutely atrocious call. Yep, I agree. The Benson call was awful. Really was. And you know what, Don? I thought ex- explained it well. Mm-hmm. Thompson's getting held up in the corner. It's in the third. It's already a power play. They're not calling it. Like a week. We could go. We could do a whole show here on how the NFL or NHL officiating is screwed up. It is. But he's like, I understood it. You're not going to put a team down two there. But whatever. You know, we, I could argue that they should, but whatever. But then to give Benson, the puck is sitting there in the crease, and he pokes at it, like, and then calling for slashing, like it just I, that to me drives me crazy because that's the hey we're going to try to make things all even here sort of thing. When that was Buffalo only had had one power play earlier the entire game, so it's not like the penalties were lopsided in any fashion. Right, and you want to say the Sabers didn't create the offense that would result in a lot of power plays in the game? I'll give you that. I mean that's certainly the case where they maybe didn't generate enough offense and press the play enough against Tampa to result in a interference, a hooking penalty, what have you. But you're right. You don't call a penalty there in in a situation to negate the power play just to maybe even things up. Yeah, Sabres 0 for 2 on the power play, Lightning 0 of 3. Uh, Jonas Johansson gets the win. 26 saves, Lucan in the loss, 13 saves. The three stars, Cousins with a goal is star number 3. Johansson in net for Tampa, star number 2. And Tyler Mott with the game winner, star number 1. But uh, I guess we got to give credit to the Tampa goalie here. We'll make Jonas Johansson today our electric player of the game, brought to you by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think Town Ford. The announced attendance here today at KeyBank Center is 17,000 even on the button. And kudos to all the uh, the kids out there that uh, did the the PA and the, the in-game hosting, and the, an- the anthems were wonderful, and uh, I know there were some other kids working up here. I know yeah. my son Jack's producing for us right here now, um, pushing the buttons back and forth, but... Uh, a really, really nice job in the arena here today by everybody. Yeah, it's something the Sabres have done now for a couple of years in a row, and it's yeah. a hit every time. Uh, you know, some, some of the features about the junior reporters who yes. uh, interviewed the players before today. So all, all that stuff it was really uh, well done. That's right. 
If you're in your car coming home from the game, I think you also would agree on that. Uh, it was a fun day for that aspect of it here. Unfortunately, many Sabre fans disappointed with the result. Uh, your drive home brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Down to the media room now. We bring Paul Hamilton back in to get his thoughts here on this 3-1 Tampa win. Paul, the Sabres surrendered 16 shots. One of them was into an empty net. So 15 on Lukanen. Uh, again, it's 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 almost in some sense a repeat of maybe the Vancouver game in the sense that they gave up very little, but man, the the couple mistakes were deadly because Tampa cashed in on them. Yeah, but you should be able to give up two goals in a game because the third one's an empty netter, and that's what they did. Two turnovers wind up in your net, but especially when Jonas Johansson standing at the other end. I mean, Jonas Johansson. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, you, you can't lose to him. I know he's nine six and five now, ten six and five. Um, you just can't. And what did they? I mean, how many great chances? Yeah, Buffalo outshot him fifteen to two in the third period. How many chances were great chances? I mean, I, not a lot. Yeah, not a lot. I mean, they were getting shots, but there's no traffic. There's nobody around the net. Tage Thompson addressed that, saying that they need more people there. Um, so they make it easy on Johansson. He stops what he sees. And, uh, you know, how many times did you say, wow, what a great save that was? You know, a few times. But he stopped Middlestad on a rebound, which was a pretty good save. You know, Tuck came in uh, fast through the left side, takes the shot. Pretty good save there. But um, I'm not going to sit here and say Johansson stole them a game by any stretch of the imagination. And... Uh, you know, you make you turn the puck over twice and it's in your net. But again, that you give up two goals, you still should, at home should be able to win a hockey game. And here, here they are, three and three, at home on this homestand, and they lost a game one to nothing, and basically two to one. It's three to one, but the last one's an empty netter. So as far as the game itself, it was a two-one hockey game because you couldn't score. At least the Vancouver game, you were facing an All-Star goaltender who's having a great season. So, all right, you lost that game one nothing. Still, you shouldn't have lost. You had all sorts of scoring chances and couldn't score on the guy. But still, at least it was an all-star goaltender. This, you're, this Today was against a goaltender who was questionable if he's even an NHL goaltender. And, and he's, you, 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 you can't beat him. And, and you finish your homestand 3-3. Three and three. No excuse for it. I mean, you can't if, – if you expect to be catching up in this, now you're – you know, you're, you're further behind Tampa Bay. Now you're nine points behind them. And you didn't pick up any ground on Detroit, who's idle today. And here you are. The three and three is not good enough on your homestand. I'm sorry, it's not even close to good enough. I mean, even when I was saying it was going to be four and two, I was saying, well, you hope maybe you can stretch that into four, one, and one. Uh, but you're three and three. I don't care how well you played, how, how great your defense was, how great your goaltending was. I don't care about any of it. You can't go 3-3 three and three in your homestand. That's bottom line, period. I guess, Paul, the thing I've been wrestling with all season long is this is, by and large, I mean, maybe a couple of pieces here and there, the same roster that we saw last year do all these things, whether it's get to the net, create offense, stand up for your teammates when there's a questionable hit, they, all these different things that, you know, players have talked about they know they need to do better or you know things they need to to figure out i guess to me what's what changed what i don't understand it. like what i'm wrestling with is how is this group so much different 
because it's basically the same group that we saw do all those things last year consistently. It's been basically uh, power play. I mean, five on five, it's been talked about a lot. They're pretty much in the same place they were last year, five on five. You know, they, it's not their five on five game that's beating them. It's they, they never score on the power play or rarely score on the power play. I can't say never. You know, they do now and then. But they had opportunities, you know, on the power play in this game. And, and, and what did they wind up? They were, they were 0 for 2. And, well, the second power play uh, in the th- – <laughs> come on. I mean, right. I, I – this right. is the NHL again. And I've seen Matthew Tuchuk and Marshawn do what Benson does about nine times a game. And I agree with Granado. It's never called. I never see it called. Um, and I'm not blaming this game on the refereeing. It's bad for both teams, and it's always bad for both teams. But – you know, that was their second power play. Now, the way they play the power play, chances are pretty good that nothing's going to come of it. But you can't say that for sure. I mean, they do sneak a power play goal in there every now and then and maybe tie the hockey game. And, and you know, you Benson winds up getting that penalty just because he's he's playing hockey, just because he's playing hard. And, you know, you, you lose your second power play of the game. But the first power play, nothing. I mean, it was in the first period, just nothing out of it at all. And, um, it, it's that's that's what be that's what the difference is right there. Your five on five is pretty much the same as it was last year, but a, a power play that was in the top five for a lot of last year it, it fell a little bit at the end, but for most of last year, sometimes it was in the top three, is now in near the bottom of the league and and sitting there. And when they're not doing anything with the power play and they're giving up a short-handed goal, spells a three to one loss. Paul, to me, also, too, here, you know, as we try to, you know, each game figure out its value, you know, what what is impactful for tonight, how does it mean in the standings, all this sort of stuff. Today felt as meaningful with the game result in the standings as almost any this season here now, as we're almost through four months. And I feel like any time we've even had this slight conversation of, hey, tonight's game's really important, hey, tonight's game's a four-point swing, like, Hey, tonight's game's maybe a night you can really put yourself back into a legitimate, you know, race sort of thing. They've they've not risen up to the moment in that spot. And not only, you know, it's the opponent, uh, you're at home, you're you're trying to close out the homestand on a good note, and then you find out who's in net, and to, to only score one there, to me, like it's hard for me to really want to buy into thinking that this team will ever figure it out this season because they had this big moment here and this chance and they didn't come through. Yeah, nothing has shown me at all this year that they're going to figure it out this year. Nothing. Um, yeah, they were on a pretty good stretch of five five wins in seven games, and they'd only given up one goal in their last three games. But I, I didn't get the feeling. I wasn't saying to myself, "Wow, you know, they're they're really they're really onto it now. They're they're they look like they're ready to take off." I just didn't feel that way. And you know, here here is you know, a big game for them. It's not really a big game for Tampa because Tampa's not worried about the Buffalo Sabres right now. But Tampa's in the spot that the Sabres want to be in. Now, yes, you need to leapfrog six teams to get there, but they're in that spot that they want to be in, and Detroit wasn't playing. So you're, you start the, ga- the day seven points out, and if you win in regulation, you're going to be five points behind both those teams. Those are the seventh and eighth place teams in the conference. So, you know, now you've made up a little bit of ground, and depending on what goes on with some of the other teams that are ahead of you. But 
you, you know, they, they, they won five out of seven. They had made up no ground whatsoever. They kept pace is what they were able to do. And now Tampa Bay has won five games in a row, but it wasn't like Tampa Bay was all over the Sabres. They certainly weren't. The Sabres, other than the two turnovers that turned into goals, they defended pretty well. Tampa didn't have a lot. I mean, we didn't have to say, wow, what a great save by Lukanen. He didn't have to make great saves because the Sabres, I think, were playing pretty well defensively once they got those two turnovers over out of their system. But those turnovers count. And both those turnovers wound up in your net. And, uh, and when you're not going to score any goals, you can't afford to turn the puck over twice and allow two pucks to wind up in your net because you, you just aren't going to score enough goals. to. But too many times, goaltenders that people have never heard of wind up in the net, and the Sabres let them basically look like Dominic Hasek. And they didn't even make Dominic or Johansson look like Dominic Hasek. They didn't really get great op- that many great opportunities on him, a couple, and another post when it's still 0-0. Here comes Paterka, nice play, comes flying through the left side. He's got Johansson beat, hits the post. Again, again, again. How many times have we said that this year? I, I, I don't know if I've ever said it as many times in a season as I crossbar, post. You know, they just keep hitting them. And wh- how does the game change if that winds up in the net? He had the goaltender beaten, and he hits the post. Now, if that winds up in the net, it's one nothing Buffalo. Do things change? I don't know. None of us know because now the whole game's different. You know, so we, we don't know, but at least you've got the lead. At least, you know, you get the first goal, something that they've been a little better at uh, recently, and, but they've been horrible with throughout the season. But instead of getting that first goal and being up one nothing, you leave the first period down 2 nothing because of two turnovers. And that, that's just the way they roll. And, you know, they've, they've had so many breaks playing goaltenders with save percentages of around 840 or, or worse, and they wind up losing the game to them. This goaltender had an 891 save percentage coming in. You know, because he had to play a lot of the games before Vasilevsky wound up playing. And uh, I, I still haven't heard anything on Vasilevsky. He never did wind up on the Tampa Bay bench. Um, I don't know if something happened to him in warm-up. I don't know if he didn't feel well. I don't know if they just wanted more room, although I've never seen the goaltender not come out. It's not like they're, they're bunched over there. So I, I don't know what the deal was with that. Maybe that's the, one of the reasons why he didn't start this game. Uh, you know, maybe we'll hear more afterwards, but um, you can't lose this game. You just can't, and this game was there for you to take, and you didn't take it. Yep. Paul, thanks for your work today. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you Tuesday night with the Sabres in Anaheim against the Ducks. Okay. All right, Paul Hamilton down in the media room. We bring it back up here to the press box on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Buffalo falling 3-1, to one. costly loss here in the standings. Uh, before we go to another timeout here, let's get our injury report, and it's brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Uh, no Eric Johnson in this game out uh, after taking that hard hit into the boards against Chicago uh, when he was boarded in that game, so he was a scratch tonight. Uh, we thought maybe Jeff Skinner could have played tonight because or today because he did practice yesterday, but Sabres deciding to keep him out. I would guess we'll see Skinner uh, on this West Coast trip upcoming. He officially still on the injured reserve list. Uh, Eric Robinson was a scratch. Jacob Bryson was a scratch, and the Sabres have just announced that they have now reassigned Jacob Bryson back to Rochester, so Bryson will not accompany the team uh, on this trip. Samuelson went back into the lineup today, coming off of injury, and played 
28 minutes and 18 seconds, a plus one, uh, did have registered a hit. Also returning Dylan Cousins to the lineup today. Cousins in this game uh, had a goal, 17.58, two shots on goal, and went 8 of 15 on faceoff. So that is your injury report. We'll take a timeout here. 3-1 Tampa. We'll come back. We'll get Pat's scoreboard, update you on the standings, read some tweets, send them in at Brian WGR. Don't forget, 4 o'clock, we'll have live coverage from Baltimore, Ravens and Texans, the first of the two. Later tonight, it'll be San Francisco and Green Bay. Both of those games coming up on WGR. Timeout here. Tampa Bay beating Buffalo 3-1. I'm Brian Colsey along with Pat Malacaro here on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Another turnover at center. The Lightning bring three on the counter. Good hit on the far wall that time by Alex Tuck. And that is being addressed somewhat. Alex Tuck in the first period with our Clinton Collision hit of the game. Clinton Collision, we're there when you need a repair. 3-1 Tampa. Let's get on our save of the game now, and it goes to tonight's second star, Jonas Johansson, coming up big for Tampa. As Dylan Cousins, the intended recipient, just could knock it down in traffic. Middlestack gets it back again off the right wall. Paterka got a stick on that one, not once, but twice. Got it to the front of the net in the blue paint, but Jonas Johansson covers up, preserves a 2-0 Tampa lead. Now the former Sabre coming up in this game with 26 saves. Our save of the game brought to you by your Upstate Honda dealers. To see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your local Upstate Honda dealer today. Welcome back here to KeyBank Center. 17,000 saw the Lightning beat the Sabres 3-1, a tough loss for Buffalo in the standings. We'll update that in a moment and preview the West Coast trip. Let's read a couple of tweets here from fans. Uh, don't forget, coming up uh, just at 4 o'clock, we will be heading off to Baltimore for the Ravens and the Texans live play-by-play of both games tonight on WGR, San Francisco and Green Bay right after that. Uh, Rick talking about Tage Thompson saying how they couldn't get pucks in deep. Pat said, look, he was guilty as anyone. Too much stick handling. This is why they look considerably slower at times than Tampa. Yeah, and there's a play that sticks out to me, and this isn't to pick on anyone specifically, but you know, a play where Rasmus Dahlin tries to make a pass through a couple of players. I want Rasmus Dahlin to be as creative as he can be because that's what makes him such a great defenseman, not only his play in his own zone, but the offense he can create by, by what he does with the puck. But it's knowing when to try and make those passes. It's That's what is off many of these times is instead of trying to get it in deep, instead of trying to get it in the zone first, it's trying to make one pass at the blue line when the neutral zone is clogged up or there's there's a player right in front of you and it results in a turnover going back the other way. Those are the types of things we didn't see by and large when this team was racking up big goal totals last year. It makes sense, though, that if you're fast, get that puck in and go and go. <laughs> And beat these slower. T- Tampa is not a fast team. Get behind their old defense. Get in there. Instead, the Sabres are evening the playing field on some of these slower teams here. Uh, BTK tweets in and says, every game, perimeter game only, Donnie needs to start holding them more accountable on that. Well, again, I don't know. There's not players that are going to be doing that, but that message has to be uh, has to be drawn home a little bit harder from everybody. And sure, I'm you know maybe they are saying it, but then if, if the players aren't going to do it, well, then you've got to change some players then. And that is one of the glaring issues on the power play is a lot of the standing around, a lot of the same things that Marty Baran talked about uh, when he joined us a couple of games ago where, yeah, you're maybe moving the puck, but you're, you're, you're not 
making good passes. Your players are keeping the puck and trying to, to make do too much. So, yeah, it's a lot around the perimeter, and it's not being creative enough to try and disrupt the defense and pull them out of a spot that can create a, an opening for another player. Last one here. Zach says, this homestand going 3-3 three and three is the season for me. He goes, I think they needed five wins. To me, that's it. He goes, I just don't see them snapping out of it. There's not enough time left. I would disagree with that. If, if you rattle off, I'm not saying they're going to do it. If the Sabres were to go on a five, six, seven game winning streak, you put yourself right back in. I know they're on the back half of, of, of the schedule now. You're past the 41 game mark. But there's a lot that has to be done to get there. You can't tell me that they, if, if they weren't able to find a way to go on a lengthy winning streak, that they wouldn't put themselves in, in, a, in a better spot. That's our Serve Pro first response from the fans. Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's team, Luzzy, responds first and faster to any size disaster. We've got major news with the New York Islanders. Uh, President of Hockey Operations and GM Lou uh, Lamarillo just announced that Lane Lambert has been fired as the head coach. Patrick Waugh will take his spot. Wow. So the Islanders, who, by the way, has spent most of the season in a playoff spot, and Lane, Lane, Lane Lambert coached them to a playoff spot last yeah, year. They just fell out of a playoff spot. They had been in a – they're two points out. Yeah. And the Islanders fire their coach and bring in Patrick Waugh. Wow. Who, yeah, and remember Patrick Waugh, head coach in this league before with Colorado uh, for a time. So, yeah, I mean, you bring in a, a Hall of Fame player and, and somebody who has been a coach uh, previously as well. So yeah, 93 points last year for the Islanders, a team when they maybe overachieved last year. Who had them on their bingo card as, as a playoff team uh, after uh, Lambert took over as the head coach and now out after basically a season and a half? Wow. So the Islanders, geez, they fall two points out and fire their coach. Okay. Let's get the scores from the rest of the games here, including the NFL preview. Uh, we go around the league with Pat. Thanks, Brian. It's brought to you by Alex's Place in Batavia. Oh, man, now I want ribs. As they've played a period in Ottawa, Senators and Jets are scoreless. Coyotes with a 1-0 lead over Nashville. They're through 20 minutes as well. Coming up at 7 tonight, it's the Canadians and the Bruins. The Devils will host the Stars, while the Canucks welcome in the Maple Leafs for a 7 o'clock puck drop in Vancouver as well. 8 o'clock in St. Louis, the Blues and Capitals will meet, while the Oilers and Flames have a... Battle of Alberta on tap from Calgary. That's a 10 o'clock face-off at the same time. Penguins and Golden Knights from Vegas. The Sharks will host the Ducks, while at 10.30, it'll be the Kings welcoming in the Rangers. One final from this afternoon, where the Avalanche get a pair of goals from Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen to defeat the Flyers 7-4. to That game has gone final. We're about 40 minutes away from kickoff in the NFL's divisional round of the playoffs. The first matchup in the AFC side, the top team of the conference, the Ravens hosting the Texans. A Baltimore win means the Ravens would host either the Bills or the Chiefs next weekend. A Texan victory means the AFC championship would go through Buffalo or Kansas City. On the NFC side of things, top team of the conference, San Francisco will host the Packers. That's an 8-15 kickoff tonight. As earlier today, we've mentioned a couple of times, the Chiefs announcing a couple of roster moves. Kadarius Toney's been downgraded to out for tomorrow's game, and their practice squad elevations are Matt Dickerson, defensive tackle, and nose tackle Mike Pinnell. So the Chiefs are making a couple of moves uh, as they uh, come into Western New York for that 6.30 kickoff tomorrow against the Bills. And there is one note from the American Hockey League where earlier today, uh, we found out that Devin Levi not only is assigned to Rochester, but he will make the start in the 505 matchup against Springfield tonight, Brian. All right, thank you very much. Our final look at the standings brought to you by Native Pride and Tall Chief Cigars. Stand tall 
with native pride. Well, we know where Buffalo is now. Still 44 points at the moment, seven back of wildcard spot number two. Tampa has moved into third in the division, passing Toronto. There's your look at the standings. 3-1 Tampa is the final, and we put a wrap here on our postgame show, the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show from KeyBank Center. I want to thank our crew, TJ Luckman, back in our Amherst Studios, our network producer. Thank you very much, TJ. To the crew here at KeyBank Center, Pat Malacaro, Jonathan Koziel, Paul Hamilton, and also my son Jack Koziel helping out today here on Kids Takeover Day. Our game announcers were Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. My name is Brian Colesley. I thank you again for listening. The final score from downtown Buffalo, it was Tampa Bay 3, Buffalo 1. Thanks for listening. NFL action coming up next. It's Houston at Baltimore. Enjoy the NFL games and the Bills tomorrow right here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 